Welcome to Odyssey House Journals. My name is Trip Mitchell, along with Randall Carlisle. We've got a guest today, Johnny and Randall. Tell me a little bit about our guest and Johnny and Braxton. Yeah, if you can see Braxton back there on the couch, uh, his three-year-old son, Johnny Chapman, is a graduate of our parents' program, and we're we're proud of what he did and what he accomplished. He's still in our program in an outpatient capacity, so maybe Johnny, you could describe what brought you into our program and, and how it worked with Braxton, because uh, people don't understand how the Odyssey Parents Program works. Yeah, so I was I was dealing with a custody issue with my son, his mom was an option, and so because of my previous history, um, just with alcoholism, um, they recommended that I go into inpatient program with my son and um, to do reunification, and so upon completion with that, I. I can, um, you know, get custody of full custody of him. <clears throat> and it took a it took a real struggle though through Odyssey, and it took some time for that all to work out, right? Correct. You got like I remember running into you at the parents program. And you said, "I get full custody of him next week or something." Yeah, and yeah, I had to. It was a process getting him. It was a pro. It was a process getting him in. Um, because yeah, he had been placed you know, placed with foster for a little bit. And so, um, and, you know, I had to wait a month, almost a month, month and a half even to get him in there. So, you know, testing my patience with that and still being in the program without without my son, it was tough, but it was just something that I was, just, was willing to do. And, and the option, if you would have said, no, I don't want to go to treatment, uh, I'm not an alcoholic, I don't have a problem, which mm -hmm. a lot of us alcoholics say at one point in our life. Uh, what would have happened to Braxton? So the, it was, there was a lot on the line. It was um, he could have been placed in permanent custody in, in a foster in a foster house. So um, you would have lost him forever. Yeah, yeah I mean, that, yeah, could have been something that you know, eighteen years that would have been him out of my life. And so wow. once I found out everything that was on the line and what I needed to do, it was you know, gung ho from there. And a lot of great motivation, but a lot of hard work. Correct. And right now, Braxton has a challenge: is that he's not big on the earphones. Yes, he's not. <laughs> and so, and that's part of parenting: is you have, it is a hard, hard, hard thing to do. As we can see right here. <laughs> well, and, and think about this: uh, it's hard to, to raise any child, okay? But to raise a child while you're going through a rehab program, and and you have and you have your child with you. I mean, it, you know, it just adds. It's hard enough to go through recovery, but then to to add taking care of a child. I mean, maybe you can describe your day with, you know, how it works every day that you have that Braxton lives with you, but you're still going through treatment. How does that work? Um, yeah. So it, the days start real early, six o'clock in the morning. We get up, get our kids up and ready for breakfast um, you know one of the dads are cooking and we're shuffling around trying to get get that going and uh, within the first hour or so we have to be out to head over to the women's house so we we walk our kids over to the, the women's house it's about 20 minutes um, for us to walk so we have a whole group group of people kids dads walking over there <laughs> um, and we uh, get up get over to the women's house. We do activities with them for a little, little about, about an hour. And then we walk them over to their daycare. And the 
come back and then that's when it's time for us to work on ourselves. We um, do our treatment for most of the day until about four o'clock. Uh, we go pick our kids up and then and then we go home and finish the rest the rest of the new beginning of the day. So we uh, cook them dinner, uh, get their bedtime routines and and do it all again the next day. <clears throat> it's uh it, Can you it, imagine it, that? I mean, they're, <coughs> you must be tired when you lie down at night. To, oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, because, you know, we still, we still have to. Okay. Uh, we still have to, um, you know, get the house clean and do everything before we can even get to bed and go do our assignments that we have to do. So it's a, it's a process, but, you know, we figure out a way to do it, just like I'm trying to figure this out. <laughs> <laughs> and how is that going? <laughs> so it's, it's going. But you know, what's funny is we look at these screens and their ability to hold on to people. We didn't have that in our generation, no. but we no. had something maybe that was a little worse, and that was alcohol. That's true. You That's know, true. for many of us, maybe this alcohol was our version of our device. Maybe. It was something that yeah. was there at night. It's something that held your attention and, and caused some issues that... that I combined both. I mean, Did once you? the screens came out, yeah. <laughs> it's just... You could scream. So, Johnny, while you're in treatment, you've probably run into a lot of, there are a lot of men who are there who are single parents. Have you learned some good lessons from other men who are single parents and how you can maybe make that easier for yourself? Um, yeah, I, I have. I mean, I, I see, you know, taking everyone's situation, where they're coming from and what it takes, and, you know, you know, so you, you see what, you think's hard, and you know you have another dad that has three kids that is is fighting for his kids and everything that they have to do, um, the effort that they have to put in. So it just makes you work that much harder and realize you know what the goal is at the end of the day. And so your goal is to be the best single father you can be for your sons. Yeah, and and it's being there for them a hundred percent of the time and. And not making it about myself, but make sure that I'm in a, a good place that I'm there to take care of them all the time. Well, I bet when you were a teenager, you never thought that life could be <laughs> this rewarding or this hard. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely both. I mean, I, I got a late start. I didn't have my first son until I was 34, and so, um, but you know, my mom, she was a single parent, raised three of us, and so it, you really uh, get to see. The kind of work and effort it takes to take care of not only just yourself because that's hard enough sometimes but uh little ones chasing them around all day too and i've seen the chasing since you've been yeah. here and it, 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 it is a full-time job when you've gone through odyssey house what are some of the best tips that you could give out to someone who's watching because in many cases we might have parents watching spouses boyfriend girlfriend What's a tip that you could give out when, when things get overwhelming? I, I think the biggest tip I have is just to be honest with, with yourself and where you're at and, and why you're doing it. Because I think if you know, you're doing it just for, just for your kid, it, it'll last for just a certain amount of time. And I mean, if you, you really need to go in there doing it for yourself um, to make sure that you can be there for your kids. And just to be honest with where you're at and what you want out of it. <clears throat> so your story was alcohol. Correct. How did you get started? Um, so when I was uh, about 30, I was diagnosed with uh, type one diabetes. And so 
I had drank off and on before that, but it wasn't anything that affected my life. When I was diagnosed with diabetes, I kind of just lost it with having a sports background and not, you know, knowing how my body was responding um, to anything. I just, I just wanted to give up. I didn't, I didn't feel like it was even worth being around. And so, so you got, you got dealt some bad cards yeah, and, and, and I made it worse. <clears throat> just wanted to go out and I was just drinking every day and just, just beating my body up, you know, as bad as I could. And it wasn't until, you know, I had my first son was when it really made me open my eyes that it wasn't just about me. And, and so that was something that helped me get out of that, that phase, that stage in my life. But, uh, where I wanted to go moving forward was something that keeps me, you know, wanting to be better. And that, you know, that brings up an issue, and I think I think everybody would agree that alcoholics and addicts are very selfish people. I mean, because you're thinking, I know, I thought primarily, where, where am I going to, if we were going to a, a wedding or a restaurant, my first question was, did they serve alcohol? You know, <laughs> not, are we going to have a good time? Who's getting married? But did they serve alcohol? And, 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 with many of the people addicted to drugs in our in our program, I mean, you know, they talk about the first thing they think about in the morning is wh where am I going to get my next fix, uh, and and you don't think about. I mean, that that takes over your mind and your brain, and you got to readjust your thinking on that. Yeah, and and it's and that's how I felt like when I was in my alcoholism, and it's I'm always right, and there's no <laughs> other way about it, and I dealt with. I deal with perfectionism a lot and so it's like it has to be my way or no way and so being in Odyssey House you know that that helped me step back and realize there's different opinions different things that matter and other people's input can can help you as well <clears throat> one of the one of the pluses of Odyssey is the fact that you're exposed to so many other people in a rather <laughs> tight surrounding and I guess it you consider that part of the drawback for people who can't deal with that, but but it's really interesting to see. Yeah, I, I took you guys through the adult house downtown, and and I described it as organized chaos. And I and I think you were giving it too much credit. It was know, just well, chaos. Yeah. And 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 the the parents program. If you see all of them together, especially when the dads come over in the morning, you, so you have five or six dads with five or six kids, mm -hmm. and then you have sixteen moms or so with maybe. 18 kids and they're all just running around the house and everything and, and and they have to they have to organize everything and do things it's an amazing it's an amazing program that people come out of it successfully yeah and I, I think it really helps when you're when you're that structured and that enclosed in that environment because you're going to have that in everyday real life where you know you're not always going to get along with people or you're going to be in a daycare and there's i mean it just helps it slow it down for you. It seems like a lot, but you know, you, you get routines, you get um, different things going along during the day where everything starts to slow down. It's like, okay, we can get we can get the herd together. We can get it. We can make this work. And so it's just about putting in the effort and just not giving up on yourself. It's amazing <clears throat> to see. I mean, I, I I I like going to the parents' house probably more than any of our other programs because you can see. You can see the love the parents have for their kids as part of the motivation for staying clean. Mm -hmm. uh, but he's right. I mean, what could be just total chaos is many times rather peaceful and organized. Yeah. Johnny, what do, you, what do you think Braxton, when he looks back, he's is he going to have pretty fond memories of this time? 
Oh, yeah. I mean, I think uh, to this day, he's still like, okay, we go to WC. That's what we call the, the, the women's house. And so we and he, he enjoyed the time. I mean, he talks about the other kids that are in the house, like wanting to see him. And so I think he'll, he'll remember it. I mean, and I plan on staying close to, you know, the fathers and some of the mothers too in the house and seeing how they're doing with their kids. But I mean, he had, he met so many people in there and, and grew and learned from it, especially with him being, you know, mostly it was just me and him. And so it was like, I want this, I want that. It's like, no, we share, we do this, right. we do this sort of thing. And so he took a lot from it while he was there, even being at a young you're running a help running a pizza restaurant. Correct. Tell me about some which of this. one? Can we give it a free plug? Yeah, please right? do. It's uh, a mod pizza. Yeah. Spell it out. M O D uh, pizza. And uh, where is it? So the one I'm working at is a Riverton location that we just opened up. Um, Utah is kind of their next market, um, but they've opened a lot of stores here, and so it's been very successful. So it's a national chain. Yeah, 385 stores. So. But let me be the biggest pitch man on this this is the greatest concept you go in you custom make the pizza you say you might want this bacon a little ham pepperoni whatever you want on there mm -hmm. and they flash cook they can cook it in about three minutes yeah and so yeah the 30 so, toppings <laughs> it's the best really? idea i've heard it sounds of great let's yeah. you and i go together <laughs> and you know given our technique of being broadcasters we'll have other people do all the work well we'll take the credit <laughs> if you think you we go. could do it but it's a great idea but you picked up a lot of skills in Odyssey House. Mm -hmm. Tell me about how that's affected you as a manager. And so dealing with so many different people, uh, you know, young kids in the restaurant, um, it's just really helped me use coping skills as far as where, as before having that perfectionism, you know, you want everything done a certain way at that certain time. And it, it helps you really just step back and see you know everything that's really going on and when the right time is to either address that person or just dealing with different people and one of the one of the things I, I've got to believe helps in in situations like that is that Odyssey and we've talked about this before we have the encounter process mm -hmm. and and it's a it's a civil peaceful way of dealing uh, of dealing with a disagreement you may have mm -hmm. uh, and and Give me an example. I mean, just for people watching, if you're running an encounter against me, how's that work? Um, so yeah, you would just if if someone did something to you or that you saw something, um, it's just pretty much telling it how how it made you feel and making that person aware of of that situation. Because a lot of a lot of times people don't even recognize it, and especially in the house, um, things like little situations where if you know someone you didn't like the way they were they were cleaning or doing just something so right. small can turn into something leading up to so much bigger where rules are broken and because you didn't handle it there you know that person can uh, get kicked out or different things like that so it's a very important process but, that but the important aspect of it is <laughs> that you're civil with each other yeah. you don't you don't stand up and say, Johnny, you blah, 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 blah. It, it's like, uh, you know, Johnny, you, you, you really made me feel concerned over what you did. And, mm -hmm. and, and we talked, you know, and, and I'm, I'm thinking that, that may relate to the way you deal with some of your employees in the restaurant in, yeah. in, a, in a civil way. In a civil way where you can keep it. Stupid. In a yeah, exactly. You can keep it in a controlled environment instead of just, you know, going off on someone and just making a fool out of yourself pretty much. And just 
you know, whether it's in the, in the house, you're in a group, but, you know, you, you learn to pull people aside and say, hey, and, you know, talk to that person so it doesn't turn into a bigger situation. We better never let this out to any of the Real Housewives TV shows because they do the exact opposite. Yeah. They take something that in a controlled environment we could nip it right in the bud and mm-hmm. let it grow, yeah. which well, makes for great reality television. That's what I was going to say. That's part of the popularity there. We wouldn't want to see that in Odyssey House. Yeah, no. It was funny. We were visiting and talking about your basketball, and you had mentioned something very similar that an assistant coach said, mm-hmm. you know, about keeping things small yeah. and then – and, and Talk about that a little bit. And yeah, it was something that I've taken from you know twenty years ago now, which was just doing doing the little things, doing handling things when it's when it's small, so it doesn't doesn't blow up and backfire in your face, and um, it, it just makes it so much easier down the road, where it's you, you handle it, you do everything you're supposed to, settle it, and then move forward. <clears throat> Boy, that that is a time saving move, and. Uh, you know, what's funny is when you look at sometimes 12-step programs, or mm-hmm. a lot of things were determined early on, but a lot of things have kind of been created. And Odyssey House, I didn't explain that as well as I'd like, but Odyssey House has come up with some great systems and programs, and probably they've a lot of them just been created as they go, and you look and see something, and that makes sense, and... Well, you talk about it, that it started bit? in the late 60s, and it's called a therapeutic community. And so basically how that it was it was thought up by this woman, uh, Dr. Judy Ann Denson-Gerber, back in New York City. And um, it basically is the philosophy that maybe you can describe it better than me, but you, but you, you deal a lot with your peers. And, 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 and so you climb up through levels in the Odyssey program, and the higher up the level the more responsibility you take on in the house where you are and the more you're dealing with some of the newcomers who are coming into the program. And we still have professional people at the top, but the philosophy is basically that if, if you're a recovering alcoholic and I'm a new recovering alcoholic, I'm going to listen to you a lot more than I would to some shrink who says, you know, it's bad for you, to <laughs> that kind of stuff. And, and that's sort of the way the Odyssey program works. And and it was a lot more strict when it began back in the 60s. And I guess we'd call it a, a modified therapeutic uh, community now because the, the although the rules, the structure is still very Ow. stiff, it's not nearly as strict as it used to be. So, Yeah, and it, and it, it does. And it, it teaches you, you know, to when you come in, that, yeah, there's people above you that, that have those experiences and they're moving forward. In the, in the program because they've, they've been doing the right things. But in, when you get close to being done, it also teaches, for me, it taught myself that there's time to pass off that responsibility to the people you know, below you. Or not below you, but that, that are just trying to get to where you're at so they, they can uh, move forward in their recovery. Well, Braxton is getting restless, so <laughs> we'll take that. Johnny, thank you right. so much for coming in and, and telling your story and and Seeing you with Brett, I can just see the tremendous amount of love, and, <laughs> and he uh, obviously is the center of the universe, and oh, yeah. he's lucky to have you as a dad. But if you if you had one word for people out there watching, if, if you think maybe you have a problem or something like that, what would you urge people to do? Um, I would just I would just urge people just to take a minute with yourself and just be honest about where you're at and and really where you want to be, 
in life and um, knowing that it takes a lot of effort and communication with other people to um, you know be open be be willing to um, take those take those steps and um, and move forward and really wanting to move forward with your life and it is hard work to mm -hmm. to take those steps and to uh, to recover that's mm -hmm. hard work right definitely is definitely yeah. is getting vulnerable was the toughest thing for me <laughs> to, to do but uh, you know everyone has you know those secrets and once once you can really deal with those and, and get vulnerable with it really want to move forward that's that's what I think what saves people Okay, well, that'll do it for Ashton. Thank you for coming in. I, I know that you've had probably the funnest last half hour of your life. <laughs> for Randall Carlisle, I'm Tripp Mitchell. Thanks for watching. We've got a number up on the screen, and if you're having some challenges with drugs or alcohol and you're feeling alone, call that number. Some great people at Odyssey House will help you out and let you know that you're, you're not alone, that there are people out there who have been through the same thing you have. There's been some amazing outcomes. Nothing is guaranteed. It's 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 very tough. It's a lot of hard work, but but it's it worth it. It is worth it. Definitely yeah. worth it. Johnny, thank you so okay. much. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Good Johnny. to see you. Right. Thanks, Braxton. And we'll thank see you, you next time. Thanks for watching. <laughs>